Today we're celebrating the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time, the opening prayer. Grant, O Lord, that we may always revere and love your holy name. For you never deprive of your guidance those set firm on the foundation of your love. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Old Testament from the prophet Jeremiah, 20th chapter, 10 to the 13th verse. Jeremiah said, I hear the whisperings of many tear on every side. Denounce, let us denounce him. All those who are my friends are on the watch for any misstep of mine. Perhaps he'll be trapped, then they can prevail and take our vengeance on him. But the Lord is with me. Like a mighty champion, my persecutors will stumble. They will not triumph. In their failure, they will be put to utter shame, to lasting, unforgettable confusion. O Lord of hosts, you who test the just, who probe mind and heart, let me witness the vengeance you take on them. For to you I have entrusted my cause. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has rescued the life of the poor from the power of of the wicked. The word of the Lord. The responsorial psalm is, Lord, in your great love, answer me. For your sake, I bear insult and shame covers my face. I become an outcast to my brothers, a stranger to my children, because zeal for your house consumes me, and the insults of those who blaspheme you fall upon me. O Lord, in your great love, answer me. I pray to you, O Lord, for the time of your favor, O God. In your great kindness, answer me with your constant help. Answer me, O Lord, for bounteous is your kindness. Lord, in your great love, answer me. See you lowly ones and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts revive. For the Lord hears the poor In his own who are in bonds, he spurns not. Let the heavens and the earth praise him, the seas and whatever moves in them. Lord, in your great love, answer me. A reading from the New Testament from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, 5th chapter, 12th to the 15th verse. Brothers and sisters, through one man sin entered the world, and through sin death. And thus death came to all men, inasmuch as all sinned. For up to the time of the law, sin was in the world, though sin is not accounted when there is no law. But death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin, after the pattern of the trespass of Adam, who is the type of the one who was to come. But the gift is not like the transgression For if by the transgression of the one the many died, how much more did the grace of God and the gracious gift of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow for many? The word of the Lord. Alivers, the spirit of truth will testify to me, says the Lord, and you will also testify. Alleluia. The Gospel for this Sunday is taken from St. Matthew, 10th chapter, 26 to 33rd verse. Jesus said to the twelve, Fear no one. 
Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Guyana. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my holy Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Take the next few moments as we listen to this music to ponder the images and the thoughts that come to you as you listen to these readings. A couple of weeks ago, I was with a friend, and we were talking about life, the way the world is, what we're afraid of, and, and somehow the question came up, and it was from him to me. He said, do you believe in evil? 
And I said, yes. And he said, well, I never have believed in evil. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, there's evil in the world, but that's because human beings are weak and they don't really do what they're called to do. And so evil is just a sign that human beings are weak. I wish that were true. Because I really know, as I listen to Scripture and watch Jesus in the world, that evil is a power, a strong negative power that wants us to be destroyed. Not harmed, destroyed. (laughs) And what's fascinating about that is that we look at the story, as mentioned in Romans today, that when the world was created and God first encountered human beings and spoke to them, it was not God and Adam and Eve, but it was God, Adam and Eve, and a representation of evil. It's not really called the devil, not even called evil, because it's really not in its core evil. It is the part of human nature that it's at the core that we are the center of our universe. And the sin of Adam and Eve was not just disobeying a commandment, but I think that's how most in the Old Testament thought about it, because you look, they had 613 rules and laws to follow, so being a good follower of God was to do what you're told. No, the truth is, there is something in us that evil knows is there and uses to its own ends of destruction, And that is the temptation that the animal that was most cunning said, you know, you really need to know that you can be God's. What God wants you to be is equal to him. He wants you to be in charge, you to be the one that makes all the decisions. And that seed of independence, autonomy from God and trying to be who only God can be in our life is the heart of evil, and it always leads to some kind of destruction. So, before the law, sin was in the world. It's very interesting. It says sin was in the world and reigned as the way that people treated each other in a sinful way, a way that is to destroy and to abuse and to take from. It was the way human beings were from Adam to Moses. And the Moses event was when God decided, I will tell human beings who they are, their nature. I'll explain to them that they are made differently than they seem to feel they are. And the difference is they are not made to be the ones in charge or in control. But there's a beautiful plan that God has for human beings that we together unite in a kind of ecology of oneness where each person is there for the needs of another person and the joy that they have in giving life to other people is what makes the world worthwhile and what makes it important to do. We are here not for ourselves, but for those around us. But when we take care of those around us, we have done the most beautiful thing for ourselves. So, sin is in the world. Evil is in the world, and it has a face. The face is power over people. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, has been given to the world 
through prophets, teachers, God speaking to other people, and they tell them what God said. But then there came a moment when he did something extraordinary. He became one of us, entered into the world, and said, the fullness of the plan of God is that you do not need to be in conflict with a power greater than yourself. Evil is greater than human nature. It has power over people. And so what Jesus is saying, there's a, there's a spirit that can be given to you. It's God's presence in you. I'm going to show you what it looks like. I, I'll come down. God himself comes down, becomes a human being, and then manifests through the humanity that he created what divinity looks like in somebody. Not telling them what to do, but awakening them, awakening their hearts to a wisdom that Eve wanted and thought maybe she could get by saying, yeah, I'd like to be like God. But she had no idea it meant not being like him, but being in him and he in you. What a difference. The power that we have is never going to be residing in our ego and our will. It's always in our heart. So what you see so clearly in Jeremiah is when anyone is asked to proclaim this truth, they're going to be in trouble. And Jeremiah was very young when he was called to be a prophet. And he, he was enthusiastic about it. I mean, he loved it. God said, I will, I will teach you how to tear down and build up. He's, he's like, he knows I am given a power to conquer someone. Now, that's, that's going to feed his ego big time. And it did feed most of the egos of the prophets. Not, the prophets didn't always agree with what God wanted them to do. But in this case, you see him realizing that this power that he has to speak a word that is different gets him in deep trouble. And this story is about his, his first major conflict. It's the first time he's revealed as a prophet. And whatever he was teaching, whatever he was saying, got, the word got to the temple priests, and one of the head priests there went after him and said, I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going to get him. And he's saying, people are believing the temple, and they're watching me differently, and they're starting to you know, check me out and, and report on me. And, and so this is wonderful to think about when when. When Jeremiah thinks this way, he's saying, I know you've given me power and I'm going to win this thing, so I can't wait to see you take vengeance on this blank, blank person. <laughs> Kill him. Destroy him. Please, God, I, I want to watch it. I know you're going to do it. <laughs> and it's so interesting. Jeremiah is actually saying, I don't like this guy wanting to kill me, so I we, we will kill him. So what Jeremiah doesn't realize, he's, he's, he's fallen into the same trap that evil creates in people, that when someone is different than you are, somebody isn't the way you think they should be, you're going to do something to demean them or even to destroy them in some sense of ruining their self-worth or whatever you can do. But it's power over people is the goal of evil. And when evil talks a human being into using its own tactics to destroy evil, it's laughing its head off because it's saying, see, I've created in another person a desire for destruction, and that's what I'm about. 
That's what evil is about, to destroy that which is here. And what is here? It's called the kingdom of God. And what's it for? For everyone to realize that there's something going on here where we are together being informed and then reformed into a people who understand that the fundamental reason we're here is not for our own profit, but for how we contribute to this enterprise called life. Jesus came to teach us how to find life. You know, isn't it interesting? Evil, when you spell it backwards, is live. <laughs> Evil is bent on the opposite of life. So we look at the gospel. So what do we need? Well, if you're going to be a voice that's contradicted by another voice, you might be afraid that that voice has more power than you have and it might overcome you. And when you think about today, when we're asked to speak a truth, there is not an easy reception on the other end that says, oh, how interesting. Maybe let me see what you see that I don't see so we can see something together better. No, there's a kind of revenge and anger out there about people who think differently than they do. And they want to destroy them, demean them, give them, create in the minds of others that they cannot be trusted. So what we're looking at is the most important, I think, teaching to start this ordinary time, that we are in a battle. The battle is really important. And if we think that there's something wrong with the world when we're in conflict with good and evil or light and darkness, we're not even really doing the work. There's nothing more important than chaos in order to change. And that's where we are. We're looking at a world that, we're, that frightens us because we don't know who to believe or where to turn for whatever it is we need to do to make the world better. We'll we don't necessarily need to work to make the world better. That's pol the politicians, the church, maybe they, we think they should do it, but then we'd lost trust in them. But no, it's, it's our individual work. And it's finding a way to reconcile ourselves with those around us. But here's the key. I believe the most devastating thing that evil as a negative spirit most harm they create is when they go into you and into me and they start talking and they start criticizing and demeaning and laughing at and telling us we're worthless. That's where it has all the power. Love is the antithesis of this work of evil. So our challenge is to name it for what it is. Not to, to want to destroy the people who have it, but to want to destroy its power over them. And what is that? Cut them out? Punish them? Exclude them? No. Love them? Forgive them? Seek to awaken them? That's what we're here for. That's the work. But not to face the evil is naive, and to be careful that we don't use its same tactics to get rid of it, and then to bask in the wonderful 
theme of this gospel. You have nothing to be afraid of. You will win. You will conquer this. It has no real power over you anymore now that I am in you and with you. And fear dissolves. Amen. closing prayer. Father, you've revealed to us that evil is so powerful when it's hidden, when people don't recognize it and blame just human nature for not being what it should be. But the truth is it's a power so strong that without you we are vulnerable. So open our hearts to a conviction that you are in us, guiding us, empowering us, not only to speak truth, but to endure the rejection that comes with speaking truth. It's your way. It's your plan. Let us submit. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The music in our program was composed and produced by Ryan Harner for this show. Pastoral Reflections with Monsignor Don Fisher, a listener-supported program, is archived and available on our website, pastoralreflectionsinstitute.com, and available anytime, anywhere, and for free on our podcast, Finding God in Our Hearts. You can search and subscribe to Finding God in Our Hearts anywhere you download your podcasts. Pastoral Reflections with Monsignor Don Fisher is funded with kind donations by listeners just like you. You can make a one-time or recurring tax-deductible donation on our website, pastoralreflectionsinstitute.com. We thank you for your listenership and your continued support. Without it, this program would not be possible. Pastoral Reflections with Monsignor Don Fisher is a production of the Pastoral Reflections Institute, a nonprofit in Dallas, Texas, dedicated to enriching your spiritual journey. Executive Producer, Monsignor Don Fisher. Produced by Kyle Cross and recorded in Pastoral Reflections Institute Studios. Copyright 2023.